0: I think that the whole I agree with that and I, I buy into the whole the idea of paying things forward and give and take doesn't always have to be recip- to the same recipient or yeah, you yeah. know exactly you, you give, give do a favour to the world and the world will do you a favour in the future yeah the world's done you a favour in the past so you're doing a good turn for someone who you don't know
1: hello I'm Alan Hill in this podcast series of the Nostalgic Vagabond we're talking travel all kinds of travel, with all kinds of interesting people, from all around the world. In conversation, we'll share personal anecdotes, tales of adventure, and maybe misadventure too. Listen in for some unique cultural perspectives, tips from seasoned veterans, and an array of diverse experiences that have contributed to many life-changing journeys. Travel really is a privilege, we know that now, and if we can't do it right this very moment, let's talk about it then. Where are you right now? On this episode of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast, I talk with Kevin Russell. Kevin is born and raised here in the UK. He's a proud scouser, talented musician, small business owner, and Kevin is a real people person, which is probably why he has enjoyed being involved with the couchsurfing community over the years. In conversation over the phone, proper old school, we reflect on couchsurfing at home and abroad. According to Wikipedia, Couchsurfing is a global hospitality exchange service, accessible via a website and an app. But what is Couchsurfing really all about? Kevin explains how he first came across Couchsurfing, a social media platform that is actually social. Couchsurfing in its origins is that it's a tool to build relationships in person, not through devices. This idea resonates, and we talk about what we believe a healthy CS ideology should be. We talk about how Kevin created a couchsurfing community in his hometown, and some of the initial challenges, but also rewards which came with perseverance. Couchsurfing communities are everywhere. Kevin and I discuss some of the interesting couchsurfing experiences we've had in the past, as well as ponder what the shape of the community may morph into in a post-COVID world. Anyways, let's get to the conversation.
0: Hello. Kevin, how you doing? All right mate, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Kevin, mate, where are you right now? I'm in Liverpool, at uh, home, in my bedroom, looking out at a nice sunny day. It's a
1: rare thing, isn't it, these days?
0: <laughs> For me to be up uh, during the sun, sunlight hours, yeah? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, I guess, having a, a a dry, sunny day, but I guess what's quite normal these days is being at home in these COVID times.
0: Oh, well, yeah, you know, uh, like everyone else, I've been uh, at home most of the time over the last few months. Yeah. Um, but I suppose I'm used to it because I, I, I've worked from home for years, so I'm used to being at home more than most people. So maybe it hasn't affected me as much as others.
1: Yeah, so I suppose your adjustment was, was less drastic than some people, but, yeah, I, I understand that because I often did a lot of work from home myself. So... Mm. It wasn't so weird to be working on your computer or or doing things at a home office. Almost like being a yeah. student again, I suppose, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's it's similar to experience.
1: We're going to talk about couch surfing today. Yep. Couch surfing. How would you briefly describe that, Kevin?
0: I suppose it's like a club where, you um, you know, anyone can join. It's an inclusive club where anyone can join and and there's... Usually no preconceptions when you meet someone for the first time or if you meet online or whatever. Like an all-inclusive club, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I see it.
1: Yeah, so I I like the idea of that. There being no judgment before or even during uh, having Hmm. uh, interactions with people from all over the world. And I guess usually when you have a club or or a group of people, there's always something in common that glues them together, and I often think if you could put one word to that, what would that be? and I don't know, like maybe you could say the word travel, I guess, but not everybody who you know joins in the couch surfing community has even done that much travelling sometimes they they might be curious about travelling, and so yeah,
0: I think it's it's more to do with a Having a, a curiosity about other people and other cultures, mm. as well as traveling, but it's not, uh, it's not central, is it? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. When did you first hear about the idea of couch surfing and when did you first you know, make steps to get involved and create your online profile and, and join into the network?
0: I can't remember exactly, but I read about it in a magazine mm. and I thought it sounded like a great idea. And uh, I thought, I want to use that at some point. So I, I uh, soon after that, I moved to France.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't know anyone moved to Toulouse. I didn't know yeah, anyone. Yeah. other than uh, I was living with a girlfriend. Okay. So sort of like new to the town, didn't know anyone. So I joined the site then and created a profile and like uh, went on one of the forums to see if I could meet people to play football initially.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And... Uh, I made some good friends for it.
1: Yeah, so I suppose it is a good way of using an online platform to meet people if you're new in a different, in a new city and often in a different country where you don't know anyone. What year was this, Kevin?
0: It would have been about 2008, somewhere.
1: Yeah. So obviously, technology's changed a lot since then. Mm. And there's a lot more apps, let's call them where you can use those to meet people when you're new to a a place. But I suppose, in a way, couch surfing was kind of a pioneer in networking people or networking strangers together who have something in common. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I I always saw it as kind of, in terms of social networking, it was one of the few networks that I could find, if, if the only one, where the emphasis wasn't on building up a friendship online, it was more about meeting online but then building up a friendship in person Mm, so it's for me it stood apart from the rest of them and maybe that's why i was drawn to it because i mean i'm not a big fan of social media as it stands and i'm not a big fan of interacting online and that sort of thing and i I prefer to meet people face to face yeah
1: yeah, you're the same as me kevin i i I can easily work with the idea of making that initial connection over a an app platform or over the internet but i'd rather actually shake someone's hand say hello see someone's face have a beer or whatever and make eye contact you know yeah 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 totally and that's something that i think we might be moving away from these days which to me is i don't know it's
0: scary maybe well yeah i mean i suppose uh, we kind of things are going a bit towards that way before the pandemic and obviously Mm. with the pandemic it's it's more you know things friendships are more virtual than ever yeah but um yeah i agree yeah i'd much rather meet in person i think as well you you sort of you don't really know someone until you meet them in person i think i think it's easy for some to get the wrong impression or for someone to give the wrong impression intentionally or not with an online persona
1: Yeah, and and when you just communicate with texts, uh, a written form, I mean, that's often open to a lot more interpretation than when you can actually see someone's body language and feel their tone and their their three-dimensional presence, isn't it? So I guess the communication is is more understood when you're across the table from
0: them. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, um, you know, particularly with uh if you don't know someone very well or if you've never met them you've no idea like how they use language and if they're joking or not or mm. where they you know where their points of reference are and that sort of thing so i think speaking online is is so much easier once you've got to know someone yeah a little bit
1: yeah because i guess you can you can read their messages with the tone that you remember they used when you spoke to them the last time so if they're a yeah. sarcastic person, for example, you might read what they've written in their tone and that might be misunderstood if you didn't know that they were kind of a sarcastic joker kind of person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. That being misunderstood many a time. <laughs>
1: So you, you were on Couchsurfing way back in 2008. I remember I joined in 2010, so, you know, that's 10 years, 12 years ago. It's quite a long time for things to evolve. Can can you articulate any particular evolutions in the Couchsurfing uh, website slash app that you like or that you don't like?
0: Um I don't know what year it was because, like, initially I, I used it just to meet people, and then um, eventually I moved back to Liverpool and started hosting. Mm-hmm. And um, initially, when I hosted, well, I mean, I'm, it's always been great hosting, but when the website changed from a non-profit website mm-hmm. to a company, mm-hmm. they they started to try and get more customers to. Couchsurfing did, so they they sort of advertised the website as a um, like Airbnb for free kind of thing
2: yeah
0: and and they, they took less emphasis off the social aspect mm. and then like after that, there was a couple of people who were surfing with me who didn't really uh, get into the ethos of the whole thing who sort mm-hmm. of uh, they did sort of just view it as a, somewhere free to stay and like yeah. weren't really interested in getting to know uh, me or or like uh, my recommendations or whatever. They sort of just wanted to be left to do their own thing and then come back home and uh, go to sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought maybe we should just quickly um, give a, a general idea of what couch surfing, the ideology is, I suppose. I mean, it's been around for... I don't know, maybe even two decades now. I'm not sure, but it originated in the USA, I think. But what you're saying, Kevin, is what I like and believe about it as well, that it's about an ethos and it's about a community centered around travel where there are, I guess, two camps. You've got hosts who live in a place and have a couch or equivalent, in their home or in their their rent, their um, share home or, or whatever whatever way they live. They have a space for a traveler to come and spend the night or a few nights. And the idea is that this is a free thing. There's no money involved. It's about someone being a host, someone being a traveler, a visitor, and having an exchange of culture, an exchange of communication, an exchange of experiences and I guess in an ideal world where you and I probably have similar uh, opinions about this is when you're a host you want to welcome a, a stranger you know initially into your home and into your city and you want to share something with them because you want to talk about your city and they hopefully want to learn about your city and vice versa if you're a traveler and you're going around the world or you're doing a trip in europe or you've, you go to asia or australia or whatever and you're on a budget but also you're a traveler in the sense that you're open to meeting people you're open to listening and hearing stories and and just enjoying the moment then you want to have an experience a local experience with a local host that is more or less free but it's even more than that it's an exchange and it's an experience at least that's that's my understanding of what i think couch surfing should be do you have anything to add to that
0: no that that's a pretty good summary i think um, to to me it's always been more about the the exchange and the being inquisitive about other people and other cultures than anything Mm. um and it's not just a, a money saving tool or whatever. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I imagine you've encountered some people, like you were elaborating on before, who I guess had slightly different views to what they perceived couch surfing to be as to what you perceived couch surfing to be, where perhaps you would have ideally liked to have more of an exchange with the person who was staying with you. But they perhaps just wanted a free bed.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I didn't blame them at all because mm. obviously at the time I was aware of how the website was being marketed to new customers. So yeah. they'd been told it it, it provided the certain service in a certain way, mm. um, and so they expected it to work in in the way that they have been told.
2: Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I remember even since 2010, which was a few years before they went for profit, it completely changed and they were, you know, I I don't blame them for doing this because, you know, it, it's, it's just the way the world works, isn't it? That nothing's for free or it will be for a certain time and then that will change. Um, mm. I remember, you know, people were being charged like a membership fee sometimes to join, which I didn't particularly like. I got in before that. When it starts to become more of a paid service, I can kind of see how it kind of starts to evolve closer towards an Airbnb-style framework than I guess you could call a more commune or hippie framework where it's completely free and it's all about community and money is not ever involved it's about the experience and i remember when the app came on as well and that kind of accelerated everything into a faster direction of of it being really accessible to even more people you were saying kevin that you initially did some i guess couch surfing per se as being a foreigner in france in toulouse and you were being the surfer type person on the scale of host or surfer but when you returned to Liverpool you were saying that you then were becoming a host so you were welcoming guests travelers foreigners whatever you want to call them into your house but that's not how I met you I met you Kevin because you created a couch surfing community here in Liverpool could you explain what the idea behind that was and why you were motivated to create a community in your own city and what kind of community did you create
0: Uh, well I didn't create it from scratch there was a couch surf meeting that I I would go to occasionally Mm. and there weren't a lot of people going there it was every two weeks I think there was about six or seven people going on and off that sort of thing those sort of numbers and I, I had no intention of uh, of doing anything. I was happy just to go along and see what happened every two weeks mm-hmm. or uh, every so often. But then the guy who was running it at the time, he um, he has to go away abroad quite a lot. So he asked me to take it over for, for two weeks or something. So I did. But then because I was taking it over, I thought, well, the pub he added in at the time was too noisy. It was... You could often couldn't hear what people were saying, and I I could see that it was particularly difficult for some some of the people in the group if their English wasn't so good. So I thought we we need to move to a to a quieter place. So I I I had a look around for different sorts of quieter rooms in the centre. One of my favourite pubs, I thought of that, and it, it it's got like a quiet room and it's got a beer garden, and you can get cheap booze there <laughs> so i thought that, that would be perfect so then then i thought when we went everyone uh, who had been to the previous meetings mm. told me how how much better this one was because they could hear each other speak and stuff yeah and they were so enthusiastic about it i said what well, i said okay we'll we'll have one next week as well it we'll would make it every week mm. and then that was a big success and more people came so then i said to the guy well do you mind if i take it over and we'll have it in the same pub every week. So that way people don't have to log on or whatever to see where it is. They can just turn up mm. if, as and when they feel like it, whatever week they look like. And I think because of the consistency, because it was consistently in the same place at the same time, it sort of grew. People would go and then they'd meet people who they'd met back a couple of weeks before and then they'd become, start to become friends so they'd want to go more and then the numbers just grew and they ended up. Mm you know, being a healthy size of, uh, like, regular people who would turn up every week or every other week?
1: Yeah, I remember I started going, I think it was 2015. I remember the first time I went, there was probably less than 10 people. But I enjoyed myself and I, I enjoyed the pub and I enjoyed the conversation. And, yeah, you definitely could hear each other speaking because there was no music or loud music in the pub. But I, I went back a few more times and I, I remember on some nights there was easily thirty or forty people there, you know? And then sometimes almost as many as that again carrying on to another place when that particular pub shut for the night. Yeah. So and, and that, that was often a regular thing and you you could always count on going in there and seeing somebody you'd met before, if you had on occasion come a few times. But you're always going to meet new people as well, yeah. yeah. which is what I really, really enjoy. But one thing I want to ask you, Kevin, is obviously, you know, you can appreciate that these types of things take time and take effort and they don't just grow overnight. They grow with time. What kind of challenges or um, difficulties did you have Perhaps with with persevering in the early days, or making sure that the pub was always available. Did did you can you recall any any problems, challenges, or issues that you had in maintaining or growing the couchsurfing community on the the Friday night meetups?
0: Initially, when I asked, initially I'm through the whole period that uh, uh, the meeting was there. Mm. The pub wouldn't let me book the room, which was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> So, and the room was tiny, by the way. So, uh, as you know, um, like, if you get 30, that was another problem. If you get too many people, then it sort of wasn't a meeting anymore because they'd have to go into a a different uh, part of the pub. So, it was sort of like two meetings in the same pub. That's right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that was one problem. They wouldn't let me book the room. So, we always kind of had this... (laughs) This game, when I first arrived, because I'd often be the... Well, I'd always be the first one there, but I might might be one or two other other people there as well. Um, So the game was to try and sort of get the non-couch surfers to to leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) So it's sort of like sit down, and then when they... uh, we wouldn't force them to leave but sort of as people came in we just fill the room gradually and they'd sort of get the idea that something was happening. <laughs> and uh, you know, they'd leave eventually. And some I mean, they weren't asked to leave and some people who were sat there would get involved and they'd end up staying all night, which was yeah quite fun.
1: Yeah, I remember that
2: sometimes.
0: Yeah. Because I, I never wanted to ask anyone to leave. Because I mean, that's not what the whole thing was all about. As I said, it was mm. it's supposed to be an inclusive thing. Exactly. So just because they didn't read about the meeting online didn't mean that they couldn't attend. It's just if they wanted to, their own private thing going on, the room was too small mm. to for them to do normal pub stuff <laughs> <laughs> in that little room when there's thirty other people there standing nose to nose. Yeah, and just like the other thing was to make sure that if someone came into the meeting and they were new, just Mm -hmm. to make sure that they were welcomed. Like sometimes, you know, they'll arrive and people are in the middle of conversations and maybe there's no way for them to sit. So if someone turned up, I'd always go and shake their hand and make sure that they had a seat. I'd go and get a seat for them or whatever and make sure that they sat down and introduced themselves just to... uh, get the ball rolling so to
1: speak yeah i do remember watching you kind of monitoring the situation and the environment and being on top of if somebody who'd only just arrived in liverpool let's say and was curious about couch surfing but perhaps was a little bit shy and you know a group of 15 people is quite intimidating if you're a foreigner and you don't speak english well and you're on your own and ah, i don't understand this liverpool accent blah, blah blah it's it's not easy but if somebody who takes responsibility and the initiative helps them fit in and make the connections, then it's always really appreciated. And I think you've probably fostered and encouraged on many occasions a relationship to be formed, not necessarily between you and the new person, but the new person and the group or the new person and a regular attendee, for example. And now they've made a... A connection, and they can move forward and settle into the city of Liverpool if they've moved in, or they can make a friend for the week if they're just travelling around the northwest for a week, or or they just have a good night out because they're only there for one night, but they met the people, they had a funny time, funny stories, drank some beers, and it was a good shout.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's it. Was always my goal to uh, you know once I took it over to make sure. I mean. Obviously, being from Liverpool, I'm I'm proud of where um, I'm from, mm. and I want people to come when they come to the city to be welcomed and to to enjoy themselves. So that was the main goal—to try and give them a a leg up, so to speak.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, on on the nights where everything just sort of flows, you know, the the beers are flowing, the wines are flowing, the cider's flowing. There's a good group of people. They're having fun, making new connections. If if you just stood off in the corner, Kevin, and and watched all these strangers not become strangers anymore, but start to build friendships, how how did that make you feel? Knowing that you were kind of responsible for allowing this to happen. Well, I couldn't take full responsibility,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it I did have a, a sense of uh, you know achievement, I suppose, or yeah. you know that. I've helped something to happen that might not have happened ordinarily. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, it all went towards the the goal of trying to make people feel welcome in Liverpool. Cause I, I know myself as a traveler, often you go somewhere if you're alone or you, you don't know many people, you don't, you don't know where the good places are. You don't feel as welcome as you should be. And mm. sometimes, or, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was it was a good feeling to to especially when it was really busy. Yeah, and you could see everyone having a good time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes, there's been many a good night where I can recall, even after having quite a few beers, I can recall that the time was fun, and uh, I still have friendships now that were formed in those environments, and that that was where the seed was planted, where the initial connection was made. And yet these friendships still continue on, sometimes in different contexts, or they're a- a- across the seas or on the other side of the world. But they were given an opportunity, and then it's on the onus of the people to continue on the friendship. Going somewhere, especially these days in, in this this time, connecting with people is, is different. And sometimes it's difficult because of the way society is going. And I think that community uh, allowed people to in a way be like we've always been and just get face to face in 3D meet people chat have a drink enjoy being in a club in the real world
0: yeah yeah I, I think i like that about the about the meetings that it's sort of there wasn't many people like often in, in these sort of groups i guess nowadays you get people on the phone a lot and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and we didn't really get that i think it's cuz the emphasis was on chatting you know yeah. speaking and and you know trying to get everyone to to introduce themselves and speak to each other and that sort of thing hmm. so it was always um that that sort of environment yeah which which was great do you have any
1: favorite characters from your times that are memorable that you could talk about Funny people who've come into a meeting and and made you laugh or <laughs> countless, <laughs> countless. Anyone's in particular?
0: Oh, I suppose I remember the ones from the early days uh, the most because it was all new, I suppose. But mm. like Josh from Ghana, I like just he was a, like a doctor. He was working in pub, studying public health. He's just a, a really great guy, and he in the early days he sort of it was one of the first regulars. Mm-hmm. He yeah, he, uh, he came along and sort of. He always brought friends, and he was a friendly guy. He sort of helped knit everything together, and yeah. we had Tebow.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, really, really good guy. He, he really funny guy, and a bit off the wall. But, yeah, yeah. You know. Joanna.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is like the very early days when it was first starting. These people were sort of the first regulars. And, yeah, uh,
1: this is Joanna from Poland. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so you got Poland Joanna, you got French Thibault and French Thibault, Garnet and Josh. So you've you've already got three different countries there. That's the beauty of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh you know, th- this is when like we first start going out and then the meeting started getting uh, going really well. So we ended up going out clubbing afterwards and mm. out till all hours and, and all that and became good friends.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Some nights that end up 5 a.m. the next day. Yeah. First bus back into the suburbs.
0: Yeah. The bus <laughs> of shame.
1: <laughs> you were in France in the early days exploring the whole couchsurfing community and the whole couchsurfing, I guess, internet society or, or, or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and then you set up uh, a community in Liverpool on your travels, Kevin, have you been to other cities where you've come across a similar type of thing where there's been an active, healthy fun uh, welcoming couch surfing community in a, in a particular city?
0: yeah um I think in France in toulouse uh, I found like a meeting there mm-hmm. but then uh, after I moved back to England i sort of and after i I was running the couch surfing meeting mm. I wanted to, um, then if I went to a new city, I want, I was curious about what they had. So I'd try and find a surf meeting in, in the new city. So yeah. I, I went to them in uh, Tokyo, Berlin, Warsaw, mm-hmm. where else? Um, Krakow, London.
1: Yeah. What were your experiences in these different places? Was it, kind of similar to what you experienced in Toulouse and what you'd set up or fostered, I could say, in, in Liverpool? Or were they totally different, being in different cultures and with perhaps different types of people who might go?
0: It, they all seem to be similar, but it, I think the, the main difference between each one and between mine was um, just the setting, like mm. basically the, the way the night goes in that sort of thing when people don't really know each other is very dependent upon the type of atmosphere. Right. So you just get some in like big chain pubs, big noisy places, some in like kind of nightclub bars type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it all impact upon how people interacted in the room. True.
1: Yeah, but, the, the the type of people and personalities, I guess, within the group on that particular night does influence what could happen, the potential, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so if you go to, a, you know, a noisy pub, then the people who are a bit shy or whatever aren't going to thrive in that sort of environment. But mm. the people who are used to that sort of thing and, and used to shouting into other people's ears would.
1: <laughs> For me, I remember I had some really good catch surf community type experiences in Prague and Riga and actually in Manchester as well. I remember the first time I was in Prague, I was there for about a week actually in two thousand and eleven I think. Pretty much every single day there was a couch surfing event on of some description. Wow. So I initially met a particular person through the I think it was still the website at that point before the app came out. Actually I didn't even have a smartphone then, so it was definitely the website. I went I went out to like this open air cinema night on the first night, met this person, and then the deal was the next day there was something else. And I think there was like a, a coffee and concert in an old bookstore or something in one, I think, P2, in Prague 2. So I went to that and then I met 10 more people who were all involved in the Prague couchsaving community. And then on the next night and the next night there was something on. I think there was a Vietnamese dinner night or something on. And then on the weekend there was a festival. So 20 more people were there It was just, I mean, my whole time I was there. I basically was hanging out with couch surfers it was it was crazy but also really fun and a really good memory to have in manchester for example i was couch surfing there years ago this bloke you might have heard of him his name's tom moon
0: (laughs) i haven't heard of him
1: he's kind of in a way the kev of manchester he's very involved in the couch surfing community in manchester But when I was there, it was apparently his birthday. And so we had this massive party. I think there was over 100 people in this big student flat. And uh, I went to his party, but I'd never met the guy before. I was talking to some of his mates. And it turned out that I'd never met Tom Moon, but I was at his party. So they had to go and find him so I could actually introduce myself. (laughs) But I remember a friend of mine from Canada who lives in Manchester now too, was curious and he went looking at the couch surfing community in Manchester and I said, uh, have you heard of Tom Moon? And he's like, oh yeah, I've heard of Tom Moon. <laughs> wow. But at the same time, I guess I've been to some cities where the couch surfing community didn't really even exist or was a bit of a letdown. But definitely yeah, I there's... think
0: the size of the community as well often depends upon the size of the city yeah. and the type of city it is, I guess. People used to say to me that they didn't think the couch surfing community in Liverpool was very active. Because if they looked at the website, there weren't a lot of things going on on the website, but it seemed that the meeting, the couchsurf meeting was the gateway into the community. Mm. And often once you got in there, anything going on wasn't an official couch couchsurfing thing, but it was people who met through the site or mm. exactly. through the meeting. So then there was lots going on. It was just, you know, not officially couch couchsurfing.
1: Yeah, you got a point there. I remember a lot of people come to Liverpool to study because, you know, there's a a few universities here a lot of people come to work at the universities as well if they're academics or they're doing um, PhDs and things but people you know from the European Union come to Liverpool because it's a nice city it's a cool place to be a place to find work and, and have a decent lifestyle I think for a lot of people who let's say decide they want to live in Liverpool if they were to come to the couch surfing meetings on a Friday for a few weeks they could meet so many different people. What often would happen is there would be satellite groups that would branch out, out of that, where perhaps people who had similar interests in exercise or similar interests in movies or similar interests in who knows what, they would then do things on their own, but they'd all met through couch surfing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. So be, it, it happened quite a lot. I guess uh, for those students or whatever, it, it's... a uh it would be a good brief for them to, to meet other people or, or the people who aren't students, I guess.
1: With your couchsurfing community events, you mostly did pub nights, right, mm. on a Friday, which sometimes led to pub slash club nights, which is awesome. What other types of events have you come across on your, your couchsurfing experiences, whether that be in the UK or, or
2: elsewhere?
0: Well, I I organised a few other events in Liverpool, just like if there was a festival or whatever, to try and get everyone to go to. Like often we've got free festivals in Liverpool on uh, like a big park in the summer, yeah. so to go to that together and like I play music, so sometimes I'd organise an event to for one of my gigs to get Couchsurfing people to go along. Mm-hmm. But in other cities, I I went to Couchsafe meetings. I can't think I, I went to a particular event to be honest. Yeah, the city
1: the only thing that I can say that is vastly different from sort of just hanging out in the city centre and having a few beers and, and chatting and stuff was I remember when I was in Valencia in Spain they had this couch surfing event where they would take you hiking it was quite a drive actually out of the city centre into I think we are heading down toward Alicante so it was sort of on a not mountain but quite hilly terrain with a nice lookout over the 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 mediterranean to be honest it requires so much more organization because you need x number of cars x number of drivers you know it's quite a logistical thing whereas just meeting in a pub or hanging out in the city center is is so much easier to pull off because you don't have to rely necessarily on drivers and having enough cars and and enough seats for people to sit in so i guess that that's why coming across those things is a little bit more rare than your typical drink some beers and have a
0: chat <laughs> yeah it's just logistically more difficult to organize i guess mm. i mean <clears throat> organizing something in the pub is pretty easy you don't have, to, <laughs> you don't have, to, have a, to have a designated driver do you
1: well indeed yeah that's true
0: I did go to, I just remembered, I went to, an, um, in London, there was a, you know, one of these pub crawls where you go on the tube. Oh, that,
1: yeah. Like a that Monopoly was
0: pub crawl through. or something. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was like on couch surfing, I was on couch surfing, so I went on that. I didn't do the whole thing. <laughs>
1: it's pretty difficult to do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You made a good effort though, I'm sure. I had to go, yeah. But
0: <laughs> I didn't go directly to jail. <laughs>
1: Did you spend $200? <laughs> I
0: spent, yeah, above that. <laughs>
1: when, it, when it comes back to the fundamentals of couch surfing, Kev, do you prefer to be the traveller and do the surfing? Or do you prefer to be like the guide and, and host travellers in your place?
0: I've hosted a lot more than I, I've been a guest.
2: Mm.
0: I suppose, I, I think I prefer to be the host, to be honest. Yeah. Just because... Well, I, I enjoy hosting people, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but um I don't know. It maybe because because I guess because I think travelling is if you couch surfing, and it is a bit stressful because people tend to not reply quickly and mm. you know, it's uh so even though the actual experience might be good it goes along with a bit of stress. And particularly if you if when you're surfing with someone, you've got somewhere to stay. You've got to find somewhere to stay the next night or the night after. Mm. So you've got that sort of pressure to go online and send messages and you're not sure how you're going to get to the next place.
1: It's not for everyone, that's for sure. I always say to people that if you're not outgoing, if you're not open-minded, if you're not willing to maybe rough it or try out new things then probably go and stay in a hotel or a hostel or something but if you're up for the adventure then the possibilities for having an interesting experience are are there
0: yeah i mean if you're fussy about weight you know what type of room you're sleeping in or whatever maybe it's not for for you but um if you're flexible Mm. it's a it's great. Like the the personal experience you get is is you know, far outweighs staying in a hotel for me because if if you've got like someone showing you around and taking you to the good places, plus you've got if you're travelling on your own, mm-hmm. you've got company straight away. I mean that's great for if you're if you're travelling. But um yeah, I suppose like being a host I, I preferred that more just because more relaxed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess the anxiety and the stress of of the possibility of things failing, won't happen if you're the host because you have the responsibility of making it a, a success and not relying on the other person to hopefully make it a success for the experience.
0: Yeah, I'd be taking them to the places I know that I like, so I know even <laughs> if they don't like it, I'm going to be going to somewhere that I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. For me, I did a lot of actual couch surfing in the early days because I never had, I never had a place to be able to host it's only since i moved into liverpool and based myself here that i had the opportunity to do hosting so i would say actually i think i've still done more surfing than i have done hosting but it's become a lot more balanced over time than the number of times i've done each i think i'm the same as you kevin i think i i I like hosting slightly more than the surfing, but I really, really enjoyed both. I think for me, it's in a way being able to pay the favor forward because I've had so many nice times and crazy adventures and interesting experiences being a couch surfer that I want to host somebody and hopefully give them an experience that is meaningful to them. And maybe when they are able to have the opportunity to host, they can then do the same thing to somebody else, and you sort of just pay the favor forward. That's that's what I get a kick out of as well. And you know, getting nice comments and nice feedback, and people appreciating your hospitality is always is always nice as well.
0: Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think that the whole I agree with that, and I I buy into the whole the idea of paying things forward and give and take doesn't always have to be recip- to the same recipient. or, yeah, you yeah. know, exactly, you, you give do a favour to the world and the world will do you a favour in the future Yeah, the world's done you a favour in the past so you're doing a good turn for someone who you don't know Yeah. do
1: you have any favourite couch surfing memories Kev whether that be couch surfing or hosting or something that's happened on a community night out
0: uh, well I think overall the, the, like collectively I've just met some really great people mm. I can't think of anything particular. Um, What about
1: any horrendous experiences? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know for me, when I went to the Netherlands for the first time, this is a weird story, but I I was supposed to stay with a friend, even though I didn't know this friend that well, but we had met travelling the year before in the States, and I was going to be in the vicinity and was I think actually on MSN or something, so this is ages ago, was what I was using to communicate. And uh, I, I arrived in the city and then my host just totally went off the radar. No response. And I still haven't heard from them to this day. So I don't <laughs> know <still> what,
2: <laughs> I don't
1: know what the hell happened, but it was really weird. And I felt, I think when something that happens like that, it's not a great feeling but at the same time when you can't do anything about it you sort of just have to get on with it and as much as you feel isolated or strange or lost in a foreign city I just was like okay right I'm in I'm in Utrecht which is a cool city in uh, the Netherlands if anyone's not been how about I go on couch surfing and see what I can do so I went on the the platform I ended up finding three different hosts in two different cities, and they were some of the most wonderful people I've ever met. They took me in very short notice as you can appreciate. I met a guy uh, who took me out cycling at three a m around the canals in the rain in in Utrecht, which is a cool memory that I have, and not many people probably would ever do that. I remember couch surfing with this girl in Utrecht who lived in this tiny little attic room. And we went and bought beers and pickled herring, which I'd never had before. And I remember just eating whole pickled herring like a cat does in the cartoons. <laughs> On the floor in her room. Like cross legged just eating like like you imagine Felix the cat just necking a fish and then We're pulling the skeleton Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and drinking some Uh, Belgian beers and Dutch beers and just having just a chilled out relaxed time and um and then staying with this couple in a very historical World War II town called Arnhem, who just moved into a brand new place and I was their first couch surfer in their brand new place and I actually got a double bed to myself in my own room I was like this is the best (laughs) you know I was like no floor no couch no sleeping bag on some pillows under the stairs like harry potter it was a proper bed and i was like "Mm, yes i've hit the jackpot this time and you know if if i hadn't have been put in that situation then this possibility would never have occurred so i guess it is what you make of it in a way
0: yeah i think sometimes it might be easier to find a host at last minute than to try and plan because people in general don't don't plan that far ahead. I think that's why the, there is that stress when you're traveling because people don't know what to do until a few a week or so before so they don't want to accept the couch surfer. Yeah. Most people anyway. Yeah. They don't want to accept the uh, request too far in advance. So maybe if you are sort of stuck then if you're in the right city you could meet someone they'll just host you and that'll, that'll be cool. Yeah, I've often done that myself to be honest like just sort of Decided on the day that I'm going to host someone that evening Mm. and, you know, help someone out who'd who'd been let down by someone else or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few hosts in Liverpool that I like that. I mean, some of them I know. I remember I was actually hosting uh, somebody from Germany. This is the days of the app. So when you're traveling in a, a new city, couch surfers can network kind of like a Tinder, I suppose with a, a beacon where they can see other couch surfers who are in the same city and they can actually hang out for the day even if they've got their own hostels arranged or you know they're just there literally for a day and they're taking a train that night somewhere else they can meet somebody and hang out for the day with this app i think it's called hangout so i was being a host and showing uh this particular surfer uh the albert docks and this bloke uh he came in and I so now there was three of us and we were walking around and the guy was stuck for a place and he said, Can can I stay with you? And I said, Look, I don't really have the space and I don't want to put out my surfer who came under the pretenses that this was the arrangement and to chuck a to chuck another person, you know, basically on the same mattress on the floor, you know, that's a bit I mean in my book that's not how you play but I went and contacted some fellow hosts in Liverpool and he was able to be sorted out, you know, some of the last-minute hosts you you included, Kevin, in that list. You mm. can help out people, you know?
0: Didn't uh, you host someone who I couldn't host once or vice versa? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, happened yeah.
1: before. Yeah, Polish last, yeah, I remember that. A few yeah, years I, back. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but that's the way it goes, you know, so...
0: Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, I've often been in that situation where I'm already hosting someone, and someone will ask, maybe at the meeting, someone will ask me, mm. you know, face to face, if I can host them. But you know, I'm already hosting someone, and uh, like you said, I, I wouldn't. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to host too many people anyway. But also, yeah, you, the person who you've sort of entered an agreement into, into with, mm. they um, they expect the situation to be a certain thing as as it says on your own profile. So yeah. It'd be dishonoring if, if you if you were to change that, I think.
2: Yeah,
1: and whether it makes somebody uncomfortable or not, the, the point is it may do, and you don't want to be doing that because as a host, that's a failure. If your guest is uncomfortable, you've failed as a host.
0: So, yeah, and yeah. even asking them might then might put might put them in an awkward situation where they feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So But at
1: the end of the day on that particular occasion, uh a guy we know Clay. Clay came through and he had space and he hosted this guy and all was well. So, you know, having... Clay a, saves the day. Clay saves the day again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's um, he's hosted many people and he's he's a great asset to the community. And I think if there's a lots of people in your your city who have that mindset, then there's potential for creating a really great and supportive catch shipping community that is welcoming to all people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I... I've got maybe three or four people who, who host as well, who sort of, if I can't host someone, I'll ask them if they can host them. You know, if I've already arranged to host someone and then my plans change and I can't. And vice versa, they'll ask me. And if I can host someone when they their plans change, then I will. And it's good to have that sort of, like, informal network as far from, so it doesn't have to go through the website, I guess.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think it just... that's just part of being a community, isn't it? You look out for each other. And uh, I think there needs to be more of that. I really do hope that in a post-COVID world that this kind of thing will be possible again, because I can kind of appreciate potentially how people may not like the idea of it or feel unsafe about the idea of it. But I really Mm. hope that doesn't happen what do you think kevin could happen to couch surfing in a a post-covid world
0: i think it entirely depends upon um like how any sort of vaccination goes Mm. and how prevalent uh, the covid-19 remains Mm. if it's if it becomes a sort of rare disease then i think couch surfing as a thing will come back probably as strong as it was before beforehand but if not, then maybe it'll sort of not be as popular for a couple of years until, it, it, I, don't, I don't really know. It's just like everything, no one yeah. no one knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah.
1: We just have to wait and see. And I suppose, like all things, evolution takes place and the events that happen in history shape how things change as the mm. future becomes a reality. And even in our time, 10 years and 12 years, we've lived with the whole couch surfing as part of our lives and we have experienced and and watched as that has changed and evolved in a certain way at a certain speed. And I guess that will continue to happen. I I just hope that it will still be a great thing that travellers, like-minded travellers can can utilise and appreciate and have great experiences of in the future. I mean, I'll definitely try and continue participating in it in some way. So, yeah, hopefully there's more people like me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm one of them. I think, uh, I'll, like, I'd like to think that it'll exist, continue regardless. Maybe it, it'll continue just people being a bit more cautious about where, when you welcome someone into the house or something. I don't know. Or mm. um, well, maybe if there's rapid testing, people have tests at home and you can test someone and then tell them to, you can come back when you get a text to say that, it's yeah. uh,
2: yeah,
1: I mean, sounds Something, ridiculous now, but that might be what, what the future is. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Crazy times.
0: have been stood on your doorstep for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a coffee and come back with your test yeah. results. Wrap up, Wong.
1: My favourite four. Right. Kevin, favourite mode of transportation?
0: Um. Bike, bicycle, push bike.
1: Nice. Favourite backpack?
0: Backpack. Mm. The big one with metal bars so it doesn't hit your back.
1: <laughs> Favourite travel brand? Travel
0: brand. Mm-hmm. Couch surfing.
1: Favourite travel app?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: messed up the last one, didn't I? previous answer. I was trying to be smart. Balls, we'll have to cut that out, but no, you won't because that's too much work. (laughs) Oh, mate. My favourite four. Kevin, just just a, a final thing before I let you go. I was just curious, you know, with 2020 happening, COVID happening and 2020 being a bit of a mess with all kinds of stuff. Have you had much time to be creative and make some music?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've made uh, quite a lot of music. Sort of in the middle of recording some new original songs. Nice. Which I'll be getting out there soon. And also I'm recording videos for a lot of... I'm starting a new uh, video channel for myself and other musicians to post like cover songs cool so basically i've already recorded a few of the videos but i don't want to put them up there until i've got like quite a big sizable chunk of videos
1: okay you're working on a few projects
0: yeah a few Hmm. projects on the go so uh, yeah it's all good
1: and uh are you active i know you don't like social media that much but are you active on social media you know
0: musically or or as a brand to promote your music in any way Um, i've got a few different musical personas that i that i put online on facebook and like with their own websites and stuff one is uh, peter smith which is a stage name i use so i've got that on facebook and Mm -hmm. my own website with links to songs and stuff i've got invisible alliance which is like another electronic act that i've got yeah um my new video is going to be called archival revival
1: Okay, well, I'll yeah. I'll get some of that information to, to be put in the show notes so people who are listening to the podcast can click on those links and find out more information about your music as well. Oh, nice woman. Just wanted to say thanks very much for your time. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for your, your stories and your perspectives. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, you're only two miles down the road, so hopefully soon we can not have to meet virtually have <laughs> phone calls and, and chat online but actually go grab a pint and have a normal chat like a normal human being what do you say
0: yeah. yeah it's got to be soon hopefully <laughs> yeah yeah i look forward yeah, to man. It, mate. okay cool cool
1: thanks for listening to the nostalgic vagabond i hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation and if you would like to listen to other interesting talks on travel there are more podcasts available check them out wherever you get your podcasts And for updates, just follow me at The Nostalgic V. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time. If you enjoy listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond, why not support the podcast? If you haven't already, subscribe and you'll be notified when new apps drop. You can also support the podcast by leaving a rating or a review on your podcast app. Why not share this episode? Tell your friends about it if something resonated with you. Word of mouth is great promotion. If you're into social media, maybe post a screenshot of the episode or upload the link on your profile so your mates can see what interesting content you've been into lately. All your support comes straight back and helps to keep the travel content and nostalgia of this podcast going. Cheers. So don't forget to subscribe.